Chapter Twenty Nine of The Shadow of a Sin by Bertha M. Clay. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Nine. Time passed on, and Christmas came at last. By that time, Hyacinth had grown accustomed to her new home. Doctor Chalmers had been to see her and had professed himself delighted with the change in her appearance. She did not regain all of her lost happiness, but she did regain some of her lost health and strength. Though she had not a single hope left, and did not value her life, the colour slowly returned to her face and the light to her eyes. The fresh sea breeze, the regular daily exercise, the quiet life, all tended to her improvement. She did not seem the same girl when Christmas with its snow and holly came around. Hyacinth found wonderful comfort in the constant childish prattle and numerous questions of little Clara. The regular routine of studies took her thoughts in some measure from herself. She was obliged to rouse herself. She could not brood over her sorrows to the exclusion of everything else. She had thought her heart dead to all love, and yet at Hume Abbey she had learned to love two things with a passion of affection. One was her little pupil, the other the broad, open, restless sea. How long her present mode of life was to last, she did not know. She had not asked herself. Some day or other she supposed it would end, and then she must go somewhere else to work. But it was certain she would have to work on, in quiet hiding till she died. It was not a very cheerful prospect, but she had learned to look at it with resignation and patience. The end will come some day, she thought. And perhaps in a better world I shall see Adrian again. Adrian, he was still her only thought when she was sitting at times by the seashore with the child playing on the sands she would utter his name aloud for the sake of hearing its music adrian she would say and a light that was wonderful to see would come over the lovely face adrian the winds and waves would seem to re-echo and she would bend forward the better as she thought to hear the music of the name mamma said veronica to lady dartell one day i think you've done a very foolish thing Hmm, what is that, my dear? asked the lady, quite accustomed to her daughter's free criticism. Why to bring that girl here? Do you not see she is growing exceedingly beautiful? You do not give her enough to do. I quite agree with Veronica, mamma, put in Mildred. You have let your usual judgment sleep. Lady Dartell looked up in astonishment. I assure you, my dears, that when I saw her first, she did not look even moderately pretty. She is very much altered then, said Veronica. When she came in with Clara yesterday, I was quite astonished. I have never seen colour half so lovely on any face before. I hope, observed Mildred, that you will keep to your resolution and not allow her to appear when we have visitors. You know how Aubrey admires a pretty face. Remembering how many plain women there are in the world, and how few pretty ones, it seems odd that you did not bring a plain one here. A slight expression of alarm came over Lady Dartell's face. If you think there is any danger of that kind, she said, I will send her away at once. But I am of opinion that you exaggerate her good looks. I see nothing so very noticeable about the girl. And you know, I shall never be able to secure another governess so thoroughly accomplished on the same terms. That, of course, is a consideration. You can please yourself, Mamma," returned Veronica. But I warn you that if you're not very careful, you will most bitterly repent having a girl of that kind in the place when Aubrey comes home. You may do your best to keep her out of the way, but depend upon it, she will contrive to be seen. 
Where there's a will, there's a way. I think you are alarming yourself unnecessarily, my dear Veronica, said Lady Dartell. Am I, Mamma? Then judge for yourself. I see the gleam of Clara's scarlet cloak through the trees. They are just returning. Send for Miss Holt. Ask her some trifling question. And when she is gone, tell me if you've seen a more beautiful face. Lady Dartell complied with her daughter's request, and in a few minutes Miss Holt and her little pupil entered the room. Lady Dartell asked Hyacinth some unimportant question, looking earnestly as she did so at the lovely face. She owned to herself that she had had no idea how perfectly beautiful it was. The faintest and most exquisite bloom mantled it. The sweet eyes were bright, the lips like crimson flowers. She must have been ill when I engaged her, thought her ladyship. I will ask her. Smiling most graciously, she said, You are looking much better, Miss Holt. The air of Hume seems to agree with you. Had you been ill when I saw you first? The beautiful face flushed, and then grew pale. The young ladies looking on were quick to note it. Yes, she replied quietly. I had been very ill for some weeks. Hm, indeed. I am glad to see you so fully restored. And then a gracious bow intimated to Miss Holt that the interview was at an end. There, Mamma, cried Mildred. You see that we are perfectly right. You must acknowledge that you have never seen anyone more lovely. Lady Dartell looked slightly bewildered. To tell the truth, my dears, she said, I have hardly noticed the young girl lately. All that I can say is that I did not observe anything so very pretty about her when I engaged her. I thought her very pleasant-looking and graceful, but not beautiful. I hope she is what she represented, remarked Mildred. But Mary King says she has all the ways of a grand lady, and that she does not understand what I should have imagined every governess to be familiar with. My dear Mildred, you are saying too much. She is highly respectable, a ward or protégé of Mr. Chalmers. The doctor would never have named her to me if she had not been all that was irreproachable. We will hope for the best, but I advise you again, Mamma, to keep her out of sight when our visitors come. Lady Dartell smiled calmly. Of the success of anything that she undertook, that far-seeing lady never doubted. It was the end of January when Lady Dartell received a letter from her son. Here is good news, my dear children, she said, smiling. Your brother is coming, and he brings with him Lord Shandon and Major Elton. We shall have a very pleasant time, I foresee. End of chapter 29